Becca and Pop, and we're Stories, Stories in, in Color. Color. Mm, thank you for being here with me, Becca. I appreciate the opportunity handshake. to spend time with you, girl. I love that handshake. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Perfect. So what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about stories. We we're going to talk about what? Fables. Uh, fables. Mm -hmm. Tales. Mm -hmm. So we starting out. We got two stories. We got a story from Africa and a story from like this is like like America. You to tell you the truth, I feel it's like West Virginia for real. Yeah, it's West Virginia. yeah I like West Virginia for real. So I'll let you. America. All right. So a story, a story, an African tale retold and illustrated by Gail E. Haley. All right, and I'm reading John Henry. By Julius Lester, pictures by Jerry Pinkney. Okay. Many African stories, whether not or they're about Kawaki, Kwaku, Kwaku, Asani, Anansi, Anansi, the Spider Man, are called spider stories. This book is about how that came to be. Spider stories tell how small, def defenseless, defenseless, men, defenseless men or animals outwit others and succeed against great odds. This story crossed these stories, these stories crossed the Atlantic Ocean and the cruel ships that delivered slaves to the Americas. Their descendants, Descend descendants, still tell some of these stories today. Anansi has become a Anansi in the Caribbean islands, while he survives as Aunt Nancy in the southern United States. So where I'm from, they say Aunt Nancy. Mm -hmm. You will find many African words in the story. If you listen carefully, you can tell what they mean by their sounds. At, at times, words and phrases are repeated several times. Africans repeat words to make them stronger. For example, so small, so small, so small means very, very, very small. He just said very, very, very small mm -hmm. for uh, America, like the American version of it. The African storyteller begins, we do not really mean, we do not, we do not really mean, we do not really mean that what we, we are about to say is true. A story, a story. Let it come, let it go. Once, oh small children, around my knee, there were no stories on earth to hear. All the stories belonged to Naomi, the sky god. He kept them in royal, I mean, in a golden box next to his royal store. Come on. Anansi the Spider-Man 
wanted to buy the sky god stories. So he spun a web up to the sky. Going on, see, he's climbing. When the sky god heard what Anansi wanted, he laughed. Twee, twee, twee. The price of my stories is that you bring me Osabo, the leopard of the terrible teeth, Mimburo, the hornet who stings like fire, and Mamota, the fairy who men never see. Anansi bowed and answered, I shall gladly pay the price. Twee, 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 chuckled the sky god. How can a weak old man like you, so small, so small, so small, pay my price? But Anansi merely climbed down to the earth to find the things that the sky god demand. demanded. 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 Like, do you think this is paint? Colored pencils? Anansi ran along the jungle path. Yerdi, yerdi, yerdi. Till he came to Osibo, the leopard of the terrible teeth. Mm. Oh, Anansi, said the leopard. You are just in time to be my lunch. Anansi replied. As for that, what will happen will happen. But first let's play a binding, binding game. The leopard who was fond of games asked, how is it played? With vine creepers, explained Anansi. I'll bind you by your foot to foot. Then I will untie you and you can tie me up. Very well, growled the leopard, who planned to eat Anansi as soon as it was his turn to bind him. That's a good idea the leopard had and Anansi had. Mm -hmm. So funny. So Anansi tied the leopard by his foot, by his foot, by his foot, by his foot, with the line creeper. The vine creeper. The vine creeper. Then he said, Now, Obosu, you are ready to meet the sky god. And he hung the tied leopard in a tree in the jungle. He's like, oh my God, what's mm -hmm. going to happen to me? Next, Anansi cut a thorn from a thorn from a banana tree, and it filled a calabash with water. He crept through the tall grass, soar, 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 till he came to the nest of Mimboro, the hornets, who sting like fire. Oh my, what's going to happen to him? Anansi had the banana leaf over his head as an umbrella. Then he pounded of the water in the calabash over his head. The rest he emptied over the hornet's nest and cry, it's raining, it's raining, it's raining. I mean, it's raining, raining, raining. Shall you not fly 
Should you not fly into my calabash so that rain won't tatter your wings? Thank you, thank you, hummed the hornets. They flew into the calabash from Anansi quickly stopped the mouth of the gourd. Now, Mambora, you are ready to meet the sky god, said Anansi. And he hung the calabash full of hornets into the tree next to the leopard. Anansi now covered a little wooden dog holding a bowl. He covered the doll from top to bottom with sticky latex gum. Latex. What's a latex gum? A type of uh, gum. You things are used to make like rubber. Uh, then he filled the doll's bowl with pounded yams. It was a good idea. It's like, it seems like this face is this face. He set the little doll at the foot of a flamboyant tree where fairies like to dance. Anansi tied one end of a vine around the doll's head and holding the other end in his hand and the he hid behind a bat a bush. In a little while, Mimota, the furry womb no man sees came dancing, dancing, dancing to the foot of the flamboyant tree. There she saw a the doll holding the bowl of yams. Mamota said, Gum baby, I am hungry. May I eat some of your yams? Anansi pulled the vine in his hiding place so that the doll seemed to nod its head. So the fairy took the bowl from the doll and ate all the yams. Thank you, gum baby, said the fairy. But the doll did not answer. Don't you reply when I thank you? cried the angry furry. The doll did not stir. Gum baby, I'll slap your crying place unless you'll answer me, shouted the furry. But the wooden doll remained still in silence, so the furry slapped her crying place. Pa! Her hand stuck fast to the gum baby's sticky cheeks. Let go off my hand, or I'll slap you again. Pa! She slapped the doll's crying place with her other hand. Now the furry was stuck to the gum baby with both hands, and she was furious. She pushed against the doll with her feet, and they also stuck fast. Mm. Now Anansi came out of hiding. You are ready to meet the sky god, Ramota. And he carried her to the tree where the leopard and the hornets were waiting. I wouldn't slap you, baby. Uh -uh. You get stuck. Anansi spun a web around Old Sibyl, 
Memboro and Mimota. Then he spun a web to the sky. Then he pulled he pulled up his captives behind him and set them down at the feet of the sky god. Oh, oh, Name said Anansi bowing low. Here is the price. The price. Uh, here's the price you ask for your stories. Osibo, the leopard of the terrible teeth. Mimboro, the hornets who sting like fire. And Mimota, the fairy whom men never see. Niame, the sky god, called together all the nobles of his court and addressed them in a loud voice. Little Anansi, the Spider-Man, has paid me the price. I ask for my stories. Sing his praise, I command you. From this day and going on forever, proclaimed the Sky God, my stories belong to Anansi and shall be called Spider-Stories. Ee, 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 shouted all the assembled nobles. Nobles? Here's some blue hair. Yeah, pink hair. Cool. So Anansi took the golden box of stories back to Earth to the people of his village. And when he opened the box, all the stories scattered to the corners of the world, mm -hmm. including this one. This is my story, which I have related. If it be sweet or if it be not sweet, take some elsewhere and let some come back to me. Mm. The end. I love yeah. this story. I love Anansi. It don't matter if there's things out there that can sting you, you know, bite, bite you, you, or grab you. you. Yeah, like a fairy. You use your intellect, you know, he uses mental. So, He's um, smart, very, very smart, very clever. I like Anansi. Speaking of smart and strong, we're going to jump into John Henry by Julius Lester and pictures by Jerry Pinkman. This is a real long book. Real long you have probably never heard of John Henry, or maybe you heard about him but don't know the ins and outs of his comings and goings. Well, that's why I'm going to tell you about him. When John Henry was born, birds came from everywhere to see him. The bears and panthers and moose and deer and rabbits and squirrels and even a unicorn came out of the woods to see him. And instead of the sun tending to the business and going to bed, it was peeping out from behind the moon's skirts, trying to get a glimpse of the new baby. Long Before long, the mama and papa come out on the porch to show off their brand new baby. The birds oohed and the animals eyed at how handsome the baby was. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of one of the oohs, or maybe it was on the backside of one of the ahs, that baby jumped out of his mama's arms and started growing. 
He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until his head and shoulders bust through the roof, which was over the porch. John Henry thought that was the funniest thing in the world. He laughed so loud, the sun got scared. It scurried <laughs> from behind the moon skirts and went to bed, which is where it should have been all the while. <laughs> the next morning, John Henry was up at sunrise. The sun wasn't. He was tired and had decided to sleep in. John Henry wasn't going to have none of that. He hollered up in the sky. Get up from there. I got things to do and I need light to do them by. The sun yawned, washed his face, flossed and brushed his teeth, and hurried up over the horizon. That day, John Henry helped his papa rebuild the porch he had busted through, added a wing to the house with an indoor swimming pool and one of them jacuzzis. After lunch, he chopped down an acre of trees and split them into fireplace logs and still had time for a nap before supper. Nice. He worked. <laughs> John Henry was doing it. And he's just like one years old, mm. but he's that He's a time. day old. Yeah, he's a day old. He's a day mm -hmm. old. The next old. day, John Henry went to town. Oh, actually, he was three days old. <laughs> yeah. He met up with the yeah. meanest man in the state, ferret-faced Freddy, sitting on his big <laughs> white horse. You know what he was doing? He was thinking of mean things to do. Ferret Face Freddy was so mean, he cried if he had a nice thought. John Henry said, Freddy, I'll make you a bet. Let's have a race. You on your horse, me on my legs. If you and your horse win, you can work me as hard as you want for a whole year. If I win, you have to be nice for a whole year. Ferret Face Freddy laughed the evil laugh. It's a deal, John Henry. His <laughs> voice sounded like bat wings on tombstones. <laughs> the next morning, folks lined up all along the way the race would go. John Henry was ready. Fred faced Freddy and his horse was ready. Bang! The whole race was on. My great-granddaddy's brother's cousin's sister-in-law's uncle's aunt was there that morning. She said everybody saw Fred Face Freddy ride by on his big white horse, and they were sure enough moving. Didn't nobody see John Henry. That's because he was so fast, the wind was out of breath trying to keep up with him. When Fred Face Freddy crossed the finish line, John Henry was already on the other side, sitting in a rocking chair drinking a soda mom. After that, Ferret Face Freddy was so nice, everybody called him Frederick the Friendly. Oh, hi, Frederick the Friendly. Good that he uh turned nice. Mm -hmm. John Henry decided that it was time for him to go to town, go down the big road. He went home and told his mama and daddy goodbye. His daddy said, you got to have something to make your way in this world with, son. He's just three days old. These belong to your granddaddy. And he gave him two 20-pound sledgehammers with four-foot handles made of whalebone. Wow. Mm -hmm. A day or so later, John Henry saw a crew building a road. At least... That's what they were doing until they came on the boulder right smack dab where the road was supposed to go. 
This was no ordinary boulder. It was as hard as anger and so big round, it took a week and a half for a tall man to walk from one side to the other. Wow, Mom, real big. John Henry offered to lend him a hand. That's all right. We'll put some dynamite to it. John Henry smiled to himself. <laughs> Whatever you say. The road crew planted dynamite all the way around the rock and set it off. Kaboom! Blamity, blamity, boom, boom. Bang, bang. That dynamite made so much racket, the Almighty looked over the parapets of heaven and hollered. It's getting too noisy down there. The dynamite kicked up so much dirt and dust it got dark. The moon thought night had caught her napping, and she hurried out so fast she almost bumped into the sun, who was still climbing the steep hill toward noontime. When all the commotion from the dynamite was over, the road crew was amazed. The boulder was still there. In fact, dynamite had knocked even a chip off What's of it. What's a dynamite? Dynamite is like explosives. They make explosions. Boom. The crew didn't know what to do. Then they heard a rumbling noise. They looked around. It was John Henry laughing. He said, if you gentlemen would give me a little room, I got some work to do. Don't see how you can do anything that dynamite couldn't, said the boss of the crew. John Henry chuckled. Just watch me. He swung out one of his hammers around and around his head. It made such a wind that leaves blew off the trees and birds fell out the sky. Ring! The hammer hit the boulder. The boulder shivered like you do on a cold winter morning when it looks like the school bus is never going to come. Ring! The boulder shivered like a morning when freedom came to the slaves. John Henry picked up his other hammer. He swung one hammer in a circle around his head. As soon as it hit the rock, ring! The hammer in his left hand started to make the circle. And ring! Soon the ring of one hammer followed the ring of the other one so closely it sounded like they were falling at the same time. Ring, 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 ring. Moving it. Chips and dust were flying from the boulder so fast that John Henry vanished from sight. But you could still hear his hammers. Ring, ring. The air seemed to be dancing to the rhythm of his hammers. The boss of the road crew looked up. His mouth dropped open. He pointed into the sky. There, in the air above the boulder, was a rainbow. John wow. Henry was swinging the hammer so fast, he was making a rainbow around his shoulders. Ring, 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 ring. It was ring, shining and shimmering in the dust and grit like hope that never dies. John Henry started singing. I got a rainbow, ring, ring, tie around my shoulder, ring, ring. It ain't gonna ring. No, it ain't gonna ring. Ring, ring. Ring, 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 ring. John Henry sang and he hammered and the air danced and the rainbow shimmered and the earth shook and rolled from the blows of the hammer. Finally, it was quiet. Slowly, the dust cleared. Folks could not believe their eyes. The boulder was gone. In its place was the prettiest and straightest road they had ever seen. Not only work. had John Henry pulverized the boulder into pebbles, he had finished building the road. In the distance, th 
where the new road connected to the main one, the road crew saw John Henry waving goodbye, a hammer on each shoulder, the rainbow draped around him like love. John Henry went on his way. He had heard that any man good with a hammer could find work building the Chesapeake and Ohio Railroad through West Virginia. That was where he had been going when he stopped to build the road. The next day, John Henry arrived at the railroad. However, work had stopped. The railroad tracks had to go through a mountain, and such a mountain. Next to it, even John Henry felt small. But a worker told John Henry about a new machine they were going to use to tunnel through the mountain. It was called a steam drill. It can hammer faster and harder than ten men, and it never has to stop and rest. The next day, the boss arrived with the steam drill. John Henry said to him, Let's have a contest. Your steam drill against me and my hammers. You love contests. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The man laughed. You've heard... I've heard you the best there ever was, John Henry, but even you can't outhammer a machine. Let's find out, John Henry answered. Boss shrugged. Don't make me no never mind. You start on the other side of the mountain. I'll start the steam drill over here. Whoever gets to the middle first is the winner. The next morning, all was still. The birds weren't singing and the roosters weren't crowing. When the son didn't hear the rooster, he wondered if something was wrong. He rose a couple of minutes early to see. What he saw was a mountain as big as hurt feelings. On one side was a big machine hooked up to hoses. It was belching smoke and steam. As the machine attacked the mountain, rocks and dirt and underbrush flew into the air. On the other side was John Henry. Next to the mountain, he didn't look much bigger than a wish that wasn't going to come true. He had a 20-pound hammer in each hand and muscles hard as wisdom in each arm. As he swung them through the air, they shone like silver. And when the hammers hit the rock, they rang like gold. Before long, tongues of fire leaped out with each blow. Wait, can you see the picture? Mm. Look at so that. they working. Yeah, one on one side, one on the other. Let's see if you get to the middle. Yeah. On the other side, the boss of the steam drill felt the mountain shudder. He got scared and hollered. I believe the mountain is caving in. From the darkness inside the mountain came a deep voice. That's just my hammer sucking wind. Just my hammer sucking wind. There wasn't enough room inside the tunnel for the rainbow. So it wrapped itself around the mountain on the side where John Henry was. Do it. All through the night, John Henry and the steam drill went at it. And the light from the tongues of fire shooting out the tunnel from John Henry's hammer blows, folks could see the rainbow wrapped around the mountain like a shawl. The sun came up early the next morning to see who was winning. Just as it did, John Henry broke through and met the steam drill. The boss of the steam drill was flabbergasted. John Henry had come a mile and a quarter. The steam drill had only come a quarter. Folks were cheering and yelling. John Henry, John Henry. 
John Henry walked out of the tunnel into the sunlight, raised his arms over his head, a hammer in each hand. The rainbow slid off the mountain and around his shoulders. With a smile, John Henry's eyes closed, and slowly he fell to the ground. John Henry was dead. He had hammered so hard and so fast and so long that his big heart had burst. Everybody was silent for a minute. Then came the sound of soft crying. Some said it came from the moon. Another said she saw the sun shed a tear. Then something strange happened. Afterwards, folks swore the rainbow whispered it. I don't know. But whether it was a whisper or a thought, everyone had the same knowing at the same moment. Dying ain't important. Everybody does that. What matters is how well you do your living. Mm. Let, let me read that again. Dying ain't important. Everybody does that. What matters is how well you do your living. First one started clapping. Then another and another. Soon everybody was clapping. The next morning the sun got everybody up early to say goodbye to John Henry. They put him on a flatbed railroad car and the train made its way slowly out of the mountains. All along the way, folks both folks lined both sides of the track and they were cheering and shouting through their tears. John Henry, John Henry. John Henry's body was taken to Washington, D.C. Some say he was buried on the White House lawn late one night while the president and Miss President was asleep. Miss I don't president. know about none of that. What I do know is this. If you walk by the White House late at night, stand real still, and listen real closely, folks say you might just hear a deep voice singing. I got a rainbow, rainbow ring, 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 tie around my shoulder. shoulder. Ring, ring. It ain't gonna rain. rain. No, it ain't gonna rain. Ring, ring. And that's the end of John oh, Henry. Henry. That was a great book. I enjoyed yes. that one, Becky. Mm. So we read A Story of Story, which is a story about a Nazi, a tale a of a Nazi. Nazi. And we read a story about John Henry. Yay, but you didn't say who's by. John Henry by Julius Lester, pictures by Jerry Pinkney, Pink and, and Gail E. Haley, G G a story story by Gail E. Haley. All right, there's been another uh, Becca, Becca and Pops Pop Stories in Color episode. We hope y'all enjoy yourselves. Have Bye. a great rest of the Love day. Love y'all.